Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 47 titled Moto America Twins Cup Racer Caleb DeCarroll. This episode was a little different than usual. This is the first time I've done a podcast interview as a live video shown using Facebook Live. In this episode, Moto America racer Caleb DeCarroll joins me to discuss his recent back-to-back wins in Twins Cup races 1 and 2 at the opening round of the Moto America season that was held two weekends ago at Road America in Wisconsin. We talk about the race weekend and the activities leading up to his victories, as well as how he got himself and his Yamaha FC07 ready for racing this year, including with some help and coaching from this year's World Superbike rookie and previous Moto America racer, Garrett Gerloff. We also talk about the unusual circumstances of being at motorcycle races held under the restrictions required because of the current COVID-19 pandemic. And we talk about Caleb's prior racing experiences his recovery from a serious crash at an AFM race event at Thunderhill Raceway Park in 2019, and also the YouTube channel and videos that he and his girlfriend produced together to help promote motorcycle road racing and Moto America. Stay tuned as I'll be doing as many of these podcast recordings as possible using Facebook Live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I will, of course, continue to make the audio portion available via this podcast. This episode was recorded on Thursday, June 4th, 2020, and is being published on Thursday, June 11th, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place, because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. Hey Caleb, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Happy to happy to be on and and talking with you. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so like I said, there's a bunch of firsts tonight. So this is or, or I should say this this week. So first time I'm trying to do this uh, broadcasting with Zoom to uh, Facebook Live. So hopefully that is going well uh, and smoothly. Um, and then as far as I know, first motorcycle road racing this season around the world, right? With this whole COVID nineteen thing going on at Road America. Yeah. Yeah. So the season was kind of, um, it was set to begin a couple months ago at road Atlanta and then it kind of got put on hold for a little while, uh, COVID-19 and, and, and all that. So, um, just with, uh, I think with certain restrictions that States have put on, uh, events and, and groups and gatherings. So they were finally able to, uh, um, have the event at road America. And obviously there was some, some stuff they had to precautions they had to take uh to keep everyone safe and everything but but uh yeah pumped because yeah. uh, we're in this like kind of limbo a little bit where we didn't know i mean i was obviously training hard all off season and uh but there was this certain point where where we didn't know when the actual season was going to begin so um um, I'm just super excited that we were finally able to get back on track and get the season rolling. So it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the other, uh, the other thing that's new right, for you is uh, first time winning back-to-back Twins Cup races, right? So that, that's cool. So how, how, do, how does that feel? I mean, that, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, no, I've been training extremely hard in the off season and uh, doing a lot of laps at the go-kart track and, um, just trying to do everything I can to be ready and be prepared. Um, you know, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really focused on winning. I, I was mainly just focused on taking everything one step at a time and kind of taking everything corner by corner, lap by lap, and uh, just being the best I could in in every corner and and just kind of building on that and and making sure I was 
perfect and hitting my marks as much as I could. And so I wasn't really focused on um, the win as much as I was just trying to focus on step-by-step, you know, the process of getting to that win. So. Sure. No, absolutely. And I'm I'm sure on a race weekend and even leading up to, there's a lot of things like running, running through your mind. Um, So, so yeah. So like maybe, maybe walk us through the weekend a little bit. Like did, did you expect this outcome? You know, like going into the weekend, I'm assuming you knew the bike was strong and, you know, you, you were, you know, fit and in good shape, but did you, you think? Yeah, yeah, no, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just, we, uh, I haven't rode the bike since, uh, the end of the season last year. So, um, the actual race bike. So coming into it, um, we didn't really have, I didn't have any seat time on the race bike, uh, versus last year, since last year. And, uh, so really coming into it, I was just like, well, this is going to be a good, good shakedown first, first road America. And, and we'll get some time on the bike and get some, get some laps and, uh, kind of see where things end up. Obviously I'm, I'm always going to try the best I can and push as hard as I can to go as fast as I can. And, uh, Roaring Toys did an awesome job putting together my, uh, 1833 CJ knows MT07. So honestly, we, we unloaded the bike and right away, uh, in qualifying one, I was, I was honestly from the first lap, uh, everything was just kind of clicking and the bike felt really good. And, uh, there was some things that we wanted to try. Uh, so practice went pretty well. I'm not, I'm not sure where I ended up in practice. I think I ended up third and then, uh, you don't get much uh, time on the track and on the, on the bike, uh, at Moto America, obviously they have a lot of classes and, um, time schedules that they got to hit and stuff like that. So, um, basically one practice, eight laps, and then you're right into qualifying one and, uh, everything's important after that. So qualifying one, um, bike felt really good, uh, in the first four laps. And I had kind of talked to my crew and we were going to make a couple changes, go out for four laps, go as hard as I could come back in, make a couple changes, go back out, hit it as hard as I could again. And, um, Unfortunately, with the changes that we made, we could have we could have made a lot of progress, or we could have went backwards. Uh, this time, we kind of went backwards a little bit. Um, after one lap, I instantly knew that the bike was was a little worse, and so I wanted to come back right into pit lane. And the, the tough thing about Road America is is you you ha- only have or the lap time is so long. Right. So you know a lap is like two minutes and, and some seconds. So you have your out lap, which is two minutes. And then if you don't like the changes, you know, you have a, or you come in and then you have another outlap that doesn't count for qualifying. So that's four minutes. You just lost out of your qualifying session just by coming into the pits one time. Gotcha. So, um, it's definitely hard, especially at this track to, uh, you know, kind of, is it, is it worth losing four minutes, which is basically two laps or, you know, for, for making a change mid session. So, uh, after qualifying one, I ended up fourth. Uh, I didn't really get to hit the flyer lap that I wanted to and really lay down that lap time that I knew I could. Um, and Friday, Friday night, it was looking like Sunday morning was going to be cold and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit cloudy. So I, I wasn't sure, uh, how track conditions were going to be and how the temps were going to be, uh, for the next qualifying. Um, so, but, uh, Anyways, it ended up all working out. We went reverted back to the setup and I was able to, uh, set pole position. And, uh, at the time it was the track record, uh, for the twins cup. Oh, nice. And, um, and then we had to roll straight into race one. We pretty much used the same setup, um, in, in race one. And we had that kind of nail biter finish. I got a bad start and Rocco got way out away from me. Um, and I kind of had to draft some people and, and play cat and mouse a little bit and finally got into second, basically chased Rocco down from three seconds back and caught him on the last lap and knew I pretty much had to do everything perfect as much as I could. And, um, just put my head down and never gave up. And, uh, we ended up coming to the line like this and I won by point zero zero two uh, in race one. That that was an awesome drag race. And, you know, it's funny, right, because, you know, you mentioned about 
like all the activities because there's five series racing, right? And like some of the some of the rounds, like Laguna Seca and whatever, there's it's probably going to even be more uh, hectic because they're going to have like the bagger class and the, the mini bikes, you know, racing and whatever. But even just for me, like as a spectator, I was running around the track shooting photos and stuff like that. I was having trouble. Like, you know, I had the sheet of paper, right? The schedule of things. I keep pulling the thing out of my pocket. What's going on? It was hard for me to, to be at the right place at the right time. Imagine with everything you have going on, it's an even bigger challenge. So, but, but anyway, so my, my point was I, I didn't see like the whole race. I, you know, I saw certain corners and straightaways and stuff. So, you know, this, this past week, cause I have, you know, I don't put in a plug here for Motor America Live Plus, which is, which is cool stuff. So uh, I was actually catching up. I watched both the races and it was really cool. Like that drag race that, that you and Rocco had right to, to, uh, on that, that first race just down that main straightaway. And what I saw was basically, it was a wheel. It was like a wheel diameter, you know, between you and him. So well, yeah. well done. Yeah, definitely, definitely a close race. And, and that's kind of road America that, uh, you know, the road America has a lot of long straightaways and, and, uh, you got to have good race craft and be able to plan, um, and set yourself up right for those, um, you know, getting in that slipstream and drafting by to the line. So, um, and it's pretty technical because, you know, if, if I draft by him coming up the hill towards the finish line, uh, too early, he then has another opportunity to slip by me possibly uh, before the finish line. So you can't pass them. You can't pass somebody too early and you can't wait till the last, you can't pull out late because then, you know, you, you could, you could lose too. So well, kind of, what, what's that expression? Timing is everything. <laughs> yeah, so kind, of, kind of tricky. And that's what I love about road America, you know, is, is all those long straightaways and uh, there's a whole nother side to the, to the race and hitting those drafts. Uh, perfectly and, and lining people up and it just adds that little bit of extra to the race so yeah it, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the drafting because i also was you know caught up on the superbike races and i guess race two where uh, uh matthew schultz got in or bobby fong got into the back of matthew schultz and it would, what the, the commentators were kind of saying is that that's the problem of drafting i guess is you know you're drafting behind someone you're into the turn and you know, all of a sudden you're way further ahead than you expected. And, and you can see Bobby Fong did everything he could to get the bike under control. The back end was, you know, all over the place. And then unfortunately, yeah, so he, he just clipped Matthew. Especially on their super bikes. Uh, those bikes are obviously going super fast coming down into turn five there. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in the slipstream and getting sucked up to the back of a guy, yeah. you're, you're coming into turn five. If you break in the exact same spot you normally do, you're, I don't know on those bikes, but you probably may be co- coming into that corner 10 mile an hour faster than you think you are just because you're getting that extra pull. Right. So if you break in the same spot, you're coming into the corner that much hotter. And then you get into a situation like uh, Bobby where, you know, you, you uh, like yeah, he, nowhere to go. It's like slow down. And, uh, you know, and obviously Matthew's right there. So that's a really, really split second decision that the rider has to make at that point. And, you know, what they're going to do and how they're going to try. And I'm, I'm sure Bobby tried to avoid Matthew, you know, at all costs, but with, you know, how fast everything happened in this, the split second decision you have to make, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough deal for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, since, uh, since we mentioned, we started talking a little bit about Rocco. I hope you don't mind. I've actually got some people posting some questions uh, on the, on the live stream. So maybe we'll, we'll take some of the questions. So one of, one of the uh, questions Tim Poole had is, so how do you get along with Rocco after beating him twice in a row this weekend? Uh, ho- hopefully about the same. I mean, Rocco's always been kind of one of my buddies uh, and I, I talked to him and, and we raced out at the AFM or I raced out at the AFM all last season um, with another team and, and Rocco was out there, um, you know, racing. And, uh, you know, that's when I kind of met him and, and started talking with him. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, I would like to, to see, like, I, I think our relationship is about the same. Uh, he definitely, he came up to me and, and we, we talked about it and stuff and he said, good race and everything. Um, you know, it's probably definitely easier to be on, on my side of things, but um if the roles were reversed, I, I would, I would still be friends with Rocco. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're, we're out there giving it all on the track. And, and uh, if his all is better than my all that day, then, then it is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I, I sure hope we can still be friends in the pits and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, uh, but, but obviously um, it's a little bit harder for, for him than, than for me, but. 
but, but grant, uh, granted, but I mean, that's, that's racing, right? Yeah. If the roles were reversed, I, you know, I, I would still, I would still be friends with Rocco and I want to be friends with everyone. You know, that's just kind of my personality. Um, but when we're on the track, obviously, um, I'm going to race hard and I'm going to race you hard and, and I would expect the same. Uh, right. So no, that, that, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was a great question. Um, no, that, 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 that's a great point. And, and one of the things that fascinates me about racing is the kind of that duality of you've got all these great friendships and things like in the paddock and in the pits, you know, most, you know, most people are friendly, buddy, buddy, whatever. But then, you know, when you're on the track, I mean, you're a professional racer. Like when you're on the track, you're, you're on the track to get results and to win. And it's just kind of understood. And so like you hear these stories, you know, last episode I did uh, was, was actually with uh, Chris Bays. He and I, we kind of did like a tw- Twins Cup pre-race show. You know, so we talked to like Jason Madama, Jackson Blackman and uh, yeah, Cooper McDonald. And then also um, uh, Robbie, Robbie Ciccolo Jr., and uh, I think it was Robbie was saying how like last season he was at a race and it was either qualifying or practice. He blew his motor and he just was like kind of walking around the pits trying to figure out what to do. And one of the other teams offered him a motor. It's like, here, take our motor, you put it in your bike. We'll figure out money later. Don't, don't worry about it. Just put your bike together and let's go race. So, and, and I could understand that. Right. Cause it's like you, you, you want to have people to beat. Like you don't want to, you don't want to have a cakewalk, you know. And and even like uh, who was it? Like Josh Heron said, you know, in, in the after the race two, right? Because I think he podium third in Superbike race two. You know, he said, yeah, you know, he hates to get a podium because what happened to Fong and and Schultz. But it's like, hey, that's racing and whatever, you know. That he he hung in there and he got the third place. You know, he earned it. So yeah, for sure. And and I mean, our team as well. Um, uh, Robert Fisher, he he's the one who put together our bike and. Um, you know, I know uh, he, he brought a airbox for Cooper McDonald this weekend and, you know, and, and stuff like that. I mean, he's, he's willing to help out anybody who needs help. And over, overall, at the end of the day, we just want to see more riders and racers on the grid in Moto America and, and in club racing in general. Uh, and just, you know, we, we want the, the road racing scene to be as big as possible. And, and uh, you know, we're willing to help out anybody. So that's just kind of how our team operates so yeah no that that that's really cool i just want to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast thumper club member john gardner also known as g4 parallel twin club members shane patilla and jerry vavaro v twin club members richard warfield jr of r dub studios llc and harley nemzer from the on the road again motorcycle school Triple Club member Aaron at the Motorcycle Rider and V4 Club member John Del Vecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book Corner and Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly needed and very much appreciated. If you would like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please stay tuned to the end of this episode or check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now back to the show. I was going to actually ask you this later, but since uh, Tim posted another great question is what, what are your racing aspirations? Like kind of if, as you look ahead the next couple of years, I mean, obviously you need to focus on this season and it's started awesome. Um, but any, anything you can share about plans for the future? Yeah. So um, this is my first uh, full season back racing Moto America. My last season I, I did in 2015, you know, it's just an expensive sport and, uh, and there's not a, a whole lot of sponsorship going around. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm extremely thankful that, you know, that I'm even on the grid this year and, and I'm out there and um, without CJ, CJ Zaya, he's been, been in the race paddock for, for years. And, uh, he's been helping me out ever since I got my first podiums in the 600 class back in 2014. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's been a huge help to my program and wanting to see me succeed. Um, and so the goal overall goal for this year, um, is obviously to be up front. And, uh, I personally take things lap by lap and, and do the best I can lap by lap. And if that, uh, end result ends up in race wins, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I want to, I want to be in this championship for the long haul and, uh, hopefully stay on the podium every weekend and, and be there, uh, you know, hopefully in that battle for the lead every weekend and, and show everybody what I can do. And, uh, 
the overall the overall goal is to eventually get to Europe someday, like my buddy Garrett Gerloff has has done. And uh, obviously, that's an extreme feat in itself. And and uh, he's over there making it happen. So um, that would be my end goal is is to be somewhere in Europe, whether it's CEV, BSB, um, Moto Three, Moto Two. You know, that's I mean, I wanna I wanna be over there and um, be in the be in the European Championship someday. So. Um, that's kind of my goal. I actually got the chance to go over to Europe this uh, past off season and uh, train with Garrett and his um, trainer Aleish. So that was a really cool experience um, getting to go over there and kind of see how um, his trainer is the trainer for Patronus. Uh, so he okay. trained, um, you know, Quattararo uh, shows up every once in a while. Chavi Vierjes uh, there day in and day out. Um, they have a couple Moto2 and Moto3 riders, John McPhee, and uh, Powie and um, they have a, a lot of guys that are there like we went to a, a flat track one day and uh, Chaz Davis was there um, Tito Rabat so um, they're, they're training with a lot of Garrett's training with a lot of top guys over there and um, basically what I've done is is I've tried to mimic what they're doing over there over here as best I can um, obviously with my funding and and you know everything uh that that I can to allow basically I'm taking everything that they're that I learned over there that they're doing week in and week out and I'm trying to put it into my training program over here um as best I can so me and Garrett actually Garrett flew home for a while uh because of COVID and and you know obviously World Superbike isn't racing right now so he came home and uh we've been hitting the go-kart track hard and you know doing lap after lap and really working on body positioning and um you know, breaking and hitting apexes and, and, uh, just overall, I just want to keep getting better and, and, uh, hopefully, you know, just working hard and, and training hard will, um, will end up with, you know, hopefully some race wins this year and, and a championship is the ultimate goal for the end of the year. And then hopefully once we have that championship, um, you know, see what, what opportunities open up for us and then, uh, you know, just kind of take it, one step at a time and whatever happens, happens, you know, but the ultimate goal is to be over in Europe and representing my country, uh, you know, representing the USA. I think we need more USA riders over in Europe. Like I know a lot of people want, um, but you know, it's just hard for uh, USA riders to go over there without proper funding. So um, I'm just taking it one step at a time with the funding that I have and trying to do the best that I can with it. So Sure. Well, obviously what you're doing is working very well so far. Just, I mean, just going by the past weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I definitely think we have a very good group of guys. Uh, CJ has put together a really good group of guys. I, I, uh, it was my first time working with that mechanic last weekend, and everything gelled really well. Um, we have a really good group of guys. We got a solid bike. Um, we're working on a couple things to hopefully make the next Road America a little bit better as far as handling wise, and uh, we got a fast bike, so um, we just got to little bit of stuff to work on as far as handling and um hopefully i can make it that little bit better and and go hopefully we can hit those 28s consistently yeah. on my own so we'll see that's the goal but we're just taking it one step at a time like i don't want to get too far ahead of myself and and uh you know start thinking about stuff that's in the future when i need to be focused on the present so yeah no absolutely that totally makes sense and so i have another question for you it may be a bit unfair but i'm going to throw it out there anyway um yeah. so so suppose you had a choice, right? Which would be a really cool choice. You know, let's say end of the season, whatever, you know, it's like options are coming up and you had a choice between a Moto America superbike ride and racing in Europe. Like, and there's no wrong answer. Like whatever your answer is, I'm in favor of, but what, what, what would be more appealing to you? If, if I, yeah, I mean, if, if I had the funding to go to Europe and, and, and do a program over there, I would, I would totally go. Um, I, I would embrace the opportunity, um, you know, to be in different countries and, and see different countries, try different food. And, um, you know, just the whole, the whole experience would be incredible. So if, if I have the opportunity, I, I would, I would love to go to Europe and, and, you know, represent the United States and, and hopefully carry the flag well and do well and kind of take the, the same principles I'm using here and, and bring it over there and, um, Garrett's over there and, and stuff. So, um, I think I would have a, a, you know, I think, I think I can make it work as long as I had the funding. So, um, right. 
you know, that would be the, the ultimate goal, obviously, even, even if, if the opportunity does come about after the, after the season, um, depending on the team and, and the bike and, you know, where all that stood, I would, I would definitely probably choose Europe as long as the, as long as everything made sense. So. Gotcha. Does, uh, <laughs> does CJ do any business in Europe? Um, he does, he does have, uh, he is working on some stuff that could, that could eventually end up, uh, being a pretty good tie in. So, um, eventually down the road, yeah, it could possibly work out. And I know he loves traveling and and loves being overseas and, and, uh, seeing different countries and stuff. So it would definitely be in his favor as well. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. I got a chance to meet him on Sunday. We talked a little bit. So yeah, definitely, definitely a cool guy. So yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's been in the racing scene. I mean, I think he started racing when there there wasn't even leathers and stuff. I mean, he was racing on the street just just with buddies and stuff, and strapping duct tape on his knee and stuff. And um, you know, he's been around a long time, and he ran a lot of uh, he ran a team in uh, Moto ST when they were doing uh, the endurance stuff, and and uh, had a lot of great riders ride for him and. Um, I'm definitely super thankful for his support and, uh, everything he's doing for the program. He's doing a lot for the program and, uh, 1833 CJ knows is an accident and injury lawyer. So, um, if anybody needs a lawyer and gets in an accident, he's on the call. Uh, he's a great guy and, uh, he'll definitely fight for what you deserve. I think it's really cool because their office takes, they kind of take the same principles I'm using on the track and, you know, never giving up and, uh, no matter how, how the outcome looks fighting and, uh, for the win and, and they're going to fight for, for your case and, and get you what you deserve. So it's kind of cool that, that it kind of ties in like that. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually, uh, when I was talking to him, you know, we, we set up like he'll, he'll come on the podcast when we get a chance too. So that, that's really, you know, we talked very briefly about his background, but some of the things you mentioned are really cool. So I'll make a mental note of that, you know, when, when he's on the podcast. Um, and also, you know, whenever I put out the podcast, you know, I always have like the, the show notes with links and stuff. So I'll, I'll put a link to, to his website and whatever. So, yeah, so yeah, people no, can find him and you know, if there's any other sponsors, you know, you want to, you want to mention at the end, we'll, I'll include that as well. Um, so, uh, so this is actually kind of cool to back and forth with the comments and that, that's why I keep looking this way. Not cause I'm not listening, but I'm trying, I got like a couple monitors here, but, uh, so Tim said, uh, you know, thank you for the answers. He really appreciated it. And, uh, he wants to also know, do you ride a motorcycle on the street? And well, I'll let you answer that while I'm looking. Oh, and if so, what kind? Yeah, I, right now I currently don't really, I mean, I ride a, I ride a Zuma. I have a 125 Zuma, uh, scooter. I don't know if you count that as a motorcycle or two not. Two wheels, two wheels. Yeah, um, I, I ride that thing around, um, and uh, I, I don't really have a, a street bike at the moment. I, w- I would like to have one, but um, I'm trying to do everything I can just to just to have training bikes and put tires on them and gas and fuel and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I'd eventually love to get um, – I don't know what I'd get. I, I really kind of like cafe racers, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, kind of that style of bike, but you know, if I had to choose something just to cruise around town on, but, but, uh, yeah, no, I definitely like to get a street bike at some point, but at the moment I don't, I don't, I, I don't blame you. I had, uh, when I talked to Kyle Wyman, you know, I'd asked him the same thing, you know, do you, does he ride on the street? And you know, he said, yes, he has. And, and, and I loved his answer, which basically was, he's like, dude, if I had the money to buy a street bike, that money would go into parts for the Ducati. You know? So like that, that yeah. totally makes sense, right? It's like, you gotta, you know, if you're serious about your racing, you got to put it in your program. Yeah, no, that's a pretty solid answer. That's about what I got too. So <laughs> no, I hear you. I, it's, it sounds like the right thing to me. So, uh, so uh, for whoever is listening, I know Tim obviously is listening. Um, just to make it a little easier on me, if you want, if you have any questions for Caleb, um, if you could just actually go over to my motorcycle racing group, which you can find uh, on my Facebook page. So you want to ride a motorcycle. If you just post them there, it'll kind of give me one place where I can look for comments and stuff. So actually, hold on. We got a bunch more here. It looks like. Um, so while I'm trying to pull these up. Um, so yeah, it was kind of, you know, you mentioned Garrett Gerloff and it, it was cool and it, it like totally made sense, but it was weird. Cause I'm walking around the paddock and I'm like, wait a minute, is that Garrett Gerloff in a, go- in a golf cart? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, and, and actually 
maybe that was after you and I had talked a little bit and you had mentioned to me that, you know, you and he were, he was coaching a little bit and you guys were riding on the track together. So it was kind of really cool to, to see him there. Obviously I'm sure he's jonesing, you know, this whole COVID thing to get resolved so he can go do his world Superbike thing. Um, but how, how did, so obviously you guys have known each other for quite a while, but how did it, and, and actually, by the way, you know, I've been following your social media. That's how I really first learned about you. You know, I mentioned to you, I've seen, you know, and everyone check out his YouTube channel and I'll put the link in the show notes and stuff. Um, but he's got some really cool, he, you did a really cool video on the helmets. I mean, you, you must've gone over what, eight or 10 different helmets that you've had over the years and the different designs. And you pretty much do the designs and like you do a lot of the painting yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like this helmet behind me here. Yeah. Uh, show, show it off. Yeah. So yeah, I like, I really like to, uh, you know, to kind of get into, that's how I kind of got into graphic design. I do some graphic design and stuff. And, um, the main reason why I got into it was because, um, I like designing my own suits and I kind of knew how I wanted it to look and, and what colors and stuff I wanted on there. So, and nobody was really doing exactly what I wanted. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just kind of start doing it myself and getting exactly what I want on there. So then, I started, you know, designing random stuff and helmets and, and stuff like that. And I ended up actually, like I designed the the number on the front of Garrett Gerloff's uh, World Superbike. Um, I've designed a couple of suits and helmets for, or, and random stuff for him too. So uh, I designed a, a suit for Andrew Lee and, and a couple other guys. So just, uh, it's kind of like a little hobby of mine. I, I love to design different, different stuff and, um, yeah, it just kind of came from stemming from, you know, me wanting to, to, uh, to, uh, kind of put what I wanted on it and, and design stuff for myself. And then I kind of just started designing stuff for other people and then it just kind of went from there, but yeah. yeah, kind of, kind of a fun thing I do as well. So, um, I did, I did have a YouTube video. Um, my YouTube channel is Katie 51, uh, life of a racer. And I have a, ton of different videos on there and we're trying to actually my girlfriends behind me right now trying to get out the uh the video from from this past weekend's road america so that'll be on there uh tomorrow night and a uh, bunch of different videos of uh, me and garrett riding supermoto um that helmet design video uh you know i got a ton of different stuff we try and video every single race weekend so um the first time i ever rode the fco7 was at uh Laguna Seca and I ended up getting the the win there uh and we videoed the whole thing and that was actually Garrett Gerloff's first ever uh super bike win happened at Laguna Seca um so we videoed kind of behind the scenes of all that and and uh I'm just trying to give people a perspective um from behind the scenes like Garrett walked through the Yamaha rig and gave like a um you know stuff that people when they come to a Moto America round that they wouldn't typically get to see um, is what we're trying to show, uh, people and, and just kind of give them a behind the scenes. Like I know a lot of my family members watch the race weekends cause some of them don't get to be there. So, you know, and, and other people as well that, that didn't get a chance to be at the race weekend can kind of see how the race weekend went, what, what stuff adversity we had to go through to, uh, to make it all happen. And, and obviously people only see the results, but they don't see like, you know, how we got there, what happened, you know, why, why I did what I did and where I was, you know, so I'm kind of trying to show people, uh, you know, that, that perspective and some of the training that goes into it and being at the go-kart track and, and doing laps and stuff like that. So trying to, trying to get it rolling. So if you guys could subscribe and follow, that would be (laughs) definitely, I'll keep plugging that for you. But uh, no, it's an awesome idea. I, like I, as a as a fan, you know, I really enjoy seeing that stuff. So it's cool. Like you said, the, the behind the scenes stuff. Just another quick break to announce the new affiliates program. If you go to the affiliates page on my website, you will see the companies that I have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but if you make a purchase using the links on this page, you'll also be helping to support the podcast financially. So I'd like to welcome these affiliates. Street Skills LLC, which provides the Cornering Confidence book and online course. If you purchase a course or course and book combination from my website, you'll also be listed as a supporter on my podcast supporters page as a Parallel Twin Club member. If you're already a podcast supporter, a portion of the purchase price will be credited towards your next support level. 
And I'd also like to welcome Bond Body Armor, which I've been using for a couple of years now. If you go to their website using the affiliate link, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from their online store using the discount code they provide. Tell them you heard about Bond Body Armor from this podcast and get a free helmet liner. And now back to the last part of the show. And in fact, uh, I guess you and your girlfriend had done a video last year when you, when you injured yourself, right? You, you broke your femur, if, if I remember correctly, right? Was, was that in Moto America or that was something yeah, else? That was actually, that was actually the, the weekend after I won Laguna Seca. I was, I was racing out at AFM and, uh, with a different team. And um, unfortunately, we had a little bit of brake malfunction uh, coming into turn one at Thunder Hill. And uh, the brake stopped working like midway through a race. And, uh, I ended up crashing and, uh, tumbled a ton and, uh, broke my femur. So I had to get a rod put in my femur, my right femur. And, uh, basically it took a little while to, to recover from that, but, uh, you know, got back going as soon as I could. And, and, uh, we videoed like the recovery and rehab and stuff like that. And some of the, um, some of the things that I had to do to speed up recovery and stuff like that. So that's all on there as well. And, yeah, that was a, that was a big, big crash. I was, I was riding an R1 and, and an R6 out there. And, um, it was good because, uh, I got a bunch of track time and, and got to ride a lot. And then, uh, unfortunately had a little mishap. So, um, we were planning on doing all the rounds of Moto America last year, but, um, well, after Laguna, Laguna on, we were planning on doing, but then I broke my leg and, and, and stuff like that. So we had to kind of reset and, and get back to a hundred percent before we could you know, get back out there. So, yeah. Yeah. How, how long did it take you to recover, you know, to the point where you felt, you know, as, as close to maybe hundred percent or as close to hundred percent, you know, as you could be. Yeah. So my doctor told me that basically I didn't, you know, that, that now that the rod was in there, it was pretty much good to go. So right after surgery, um, I started, you know, going on a bicycle and, uh, wrenching it back and forth cause I couldn't do a full pedal. Right. Yeah. So I just, you know, basically breaking through that scar tissue. And then I finally got a full pedal and, and, uh, I was riding actually Garrett, let me ride his, uh, supermoto. I didn't have a supermoto at the time. I don't know. I think it was like a month after or a couple of weeks after surgery. Um, but the problem was, is my limited motion, um, with the scar tissue and everything, you know, cause it's a, it's a pretty brutal process in the surgery, you know, having them put the rod in there and everything. So a lot of scar tissue gets built up. So being in this position, you know, your leg on the bike, um, it's kind of hard to get your leg on the foot peg when you're, when your leg doesn't bend that far. Right. That's what kind of took the most of the bulk of the time was, you know, sitting there with a rubber band bungee going back and forth and trying to get that straightened back out and doing like the leg press and stuff, trying to, trying to get that thing working properly again. But I would, uh, you know, I, I would say right up till the beginning of the season, honestly, I mean, I still don't, I haven't been running. Um, I've just been riding bicycle just cause it's really hard on my leg. And, um, so I don't know if my leg is really ever going to be a hundred percent the same again. Um, but it's definitely in a position now where it feels, uh, solid and, and, and planted. And for a while there, honestly, it didn't even feel like my leg when, you know, walking, you know, it felt kind of different. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, but now it's, it's pretty good. And, and it, obviously I'm healthy and, and ready to keep racing. So, um, I'm kind of one of those guys that just moves on and keeps looking forward even after it happened, like right away, you know, you can't sit there and dwell on, uh, on what happened. You just gotta, you know, it happened, keep moving forward, keep pushing forward and push through the pain and, and keep going. So that's kind of, kind of my thought process through the whole thing and, yeah. and watch that in the YouTube video. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. How, uh, how old are you now? Uh, 23. It's actually my birthday today. I, I'm, hey, oh really? <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I just turned 23 today and, uh, yeah, getting, getting older. So I got to make it happen here. <laughs> well, you're, you're less than half my age. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's just interesting, right? Like the, the crashes and stuff, you know, it, it's obviously part of the sport. I mean, it, it's like injuries and things is part of any sport, but yeah. you know, when you talk about racing, car racing, but even more so motorcycle racing, it, you know, I, I guess, like I said, it, it's just part of the game and you know, you're either willing to accept that or you're not and you go do something else, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just, it's just part of it. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately I, I haven't had too many, um, big, big crashes and moments. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it. You just got to push through it and, and, uh, accept the fact that, you know, something could happen while you're out there and, and, uh, you know, just, just move forward with whatever happens. So that's kind of, kind of my thought process on the whole thing, but, but obviously, yeah, it's a dangerous sport that we do. Um, I think everybody who hits the track pretty much accepts that. And, and, um, you know, obviously I try and keep a clear mind and limit, you know, the possibilities of that, you know, happening of stuff going wrong. But, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, in that, in certain race situations, you kind of, kind of have to just stop thinking in general and just let your body react. And, um, if you're thinking about every little thing that just slows you down, you know, instead of just doing it, um, you know, in that race where I was chasing down Rocco, basically I just had to be like, all right, don't think just go and, uh, kind of make it happen, you know? So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I think everybody kind of accepts that there's, there's injuries and stuff. So. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I guess like what, like you were saying, like that thing of kind of being in, in the present moment and just focused on what you're doing and, and not having the doubts and thoughts is probably actually more effective, right? Like, like it just seems like, you know, sometimes people talk about like self-fulfilling prophecies or, you know, like what you think is kind of what happens, right? So if you're on the bike concerned, you know, you're going to go down, there's a probably a higher likelihood you're going to go down. Um, yeah. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, I, I love to watch Isle of Man TT you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And I mean, what you guys do on the track is amazing, but you watch what these guys are doing. I don't, I watch those like videos, you know, like, you know, f- from, from the rider's perspective, they're awesome. I love to watch them, but I, I look at it and I go, I don't think I could do it. Like, I don't, I don't think I could react fast enough to do what they do like on that circuit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that stuff is wild. I, I love watching the videos and, and seeing them, but, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately that's that's a deal there where you make one mistake and and uh you know it's it's not not going to be good if if not you know you lose your life over it but um that those guys have to be 100 percent on 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 point and perfect every corner or you know i mean it's kind of crazy but like what happened to me if that would have happened to me on a on a um on a road course that's on the street i mean you're, you're done. And it wasn't even your fault. Like that's kind of a, a scary feeling. Even, even in my situation, it was kind of a scary feeling, you know, because I, I had no control over it. I, I did everything I could to, to slow the bike down without front brake, but your front brakes like 85% of your braking. So there's, I mean, there's not much you can do there. So um, yeah, no, they are insane. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's fun to watch. And I think with that, there's a certain amount of thrill that comes from, being on that type of track and and that's what people love about it and that's why you see kind of the same guys coming back for more and more and and uh yeah but those guys are nuts and i i don't know if i could see myself going out there either i hear you i hear you it's interesting for a while i was following i unfortunately forget his name but what's kind of cool with isle of man not just the isle of man races but the races that they do on the isle of man you know they have these medics that ride motorcycles are basically race bikes um because one of the things they found in terms of triage is if a rider does go down and and he survived the crash you know the quicker they could get the medic out you know to the location the much much better the survival rate um and it was cool to see some of his seminars and where he talked about you know the different situations he's been in and the things that they do and i think it was unfortunately last year he lost his life you know on 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 the track he he was on a call to go help a, ra- a racer that was down and I, I don't know the story of what happened but he crashed and uh, he lost his life so it's, yeah. uh yeah amazing amazing stuff yeah yeah for sure so uh so good news so tim subscribed to your youtube channel so you got one more one more subscribe already. And he says, happy birthday. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Now this is a cool question. Um, and it, uh, this may or may not be possible, but he, Tim asked, how can someone get a helmet by KD 51? Is that uh, something you'd yeah. ever consider? Like, like, I don't, you could even like auction off a charity or <laughs> whatever, sell helmets for your racing program or. Yeah. Does he mean like get one painted by me or, or one of my, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, Tim. So hopefully you're still listening. So yeah, just comment what you're talking about. You're talking about just uh, <laughs> having Caleb do a helmet for you, or you're interested in what, one of the ones in his collection? Because I'm, I'm guessing the price would would be different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I, 
I can definitely try and make that happen for him if that's what he wants to do. Okay, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's responding. And, and which, by the way, it's really, it's interesting. I'm, I'm watching the video here, right? Your video looks normal. My video, for some reason, my face is really pink. So I just want everyone to know I'm not drunk. This is just seltzer that I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> Not not that I'm sponsored by Spindrift or anything, but it's just Spindrift, Spindrift Cell. So I don't know. I think it's just weird what the camera's doing. I'm like looking at it going, why am I all pink like that? Um, all right. His his comment hasn't popped up yet, but I'll keep an eye on it. Um, so this has been a, this was a big weekend for Yamaha, right? So you you took the two wins on your Yamaha. Bobier took both superbike races on, on his Yamaha. And then I don't know, I don't know what were the other results like in uh super sport and, and, think, and Yamaha's up front. Well, Richie Escalante won the, the uh, 600 class on a uh, Kawasaki. Um, uh, okay. Kawasaki. I get to put in a plug for Kawasaki. <laughs> uh, he doubled. Um, everyone doubled this weekend. Actually I doubled Bobier doubled. Oh, wow. Doyle doubled in the Junior Cup on his, I believe, Kawasaki, and Richie Escalante doubled on his Kawasaki. So that's kind of an interesting. Well, that is very interesting. In fact, it was funny. I was I was going to say to the beginning, and it was a possibility we could talk. Maybe Garrett Gerloff, you know, would come on tonight. Um, I was going to say I have to confess to you guys, I'm a big Kawasaki fan, but uh, but it, it's awesome to see, you know, what the Yamahas are doing. Like I, I love all bikes, you know. I love what Kyle's doing with the Ducati and the Suzukis are awesome. It's just the variety it's cool to see the variety of machines that are out there yeah yeah no i mean it definitely i think moto america's kind of lacked a little bit of, of variety over the past couple of years and now that they've got a couple of ducatis out there and and uh, kawasaki's doing really well now yeah. um, you know i think that helps the series having you know as many varieties of, of manufacturers as you can because there's certain fan bases that come with you know each manufacturer and you know some people like ducati cheer on ducati some people like kawasaki yamaha so if they're all out there you know everybody's got somebody to cheer for so it's kind of cool uh that there's you know multiple uh brands involved now so that's cool yeah no definitely and and that's why i think it's kind of cool i know motor america's taking some heat for doing this bagger class you know kind of this um what do you call it it's basically like a show like a show show racing like not not spectacle but whatever you call it like exhibition kind of thing right um but it's cool because i know they've been talking about it on um on uh greg's garage you know with with jason pridmore they've been talking about it and uh i think even motor market podcast they've been interviewing some guys bostrom i think is going to be racing you know in the bagger class one of the one of the bostrom brothers so it's really cool and again it's like yeah okay you know baggers are not like race bikes quote unquote but uh, you know whatever it's racing is racing right if it's good racing who cares and if it brings in some you know new fans that might not have otherwise watched and then they check out twins cup Superbike, whatever you know I, I think it's all good yeah for sure no i think just getting more and more motorcyclists involved in general and maybe this could bring some harley crowd over or something like that you know um and uh bring some more people and get some new eyes on the sport you know that it's never a bad thing in, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, and I think there's quite a, you know, there might be some people that are interested specifically in it just because it's a bagger class and build up some cool bikes and some cool, um, kind of show bikes, if you will, maybe, and, and they can use it for other things as well, which is kind of cool and say that it won, uh, you know, at Laguna or something like that, you know, yeah. so I think there's multiple aspects to it to where, yeah, it could be a potential, you know, um, positive, for the sport so yeah cool and then uh, it's cool too what they're doing with the ovales which yeah. I, I think it's going to be a handful i don't remember which which rounds it's going to be but i know they're going to have the the young kids racing which also is awesome yeah they're doing it at the next uh road america i know that for sure um so at the end of june they're going to have uh, the ovale cup on the go-kart track which is uh in the back of road america and then they're going to have us uh, obviously on the big track at this on the same weekend so yeah. kind of cool if you're if you're a little kid and and uh <clears throat> obviously you want to you want to be out there on the on the pro weekend and and uh you know you can go see your favorite rider race and and then go race yourself and and uh get autographs and stuff like that i mean i think it's a perfect mix i know they do the the ktm challenge at the at the super crosses and um my little brother was a part of that and um a long time ago when he was little but um but yeah, it's just a cool way to get uh, kids involved at the pro events and, uh, you know, 
maybe maybe one of those kids will see their idol and and uh, you know fall in love with the sport and pursue a career in, in road racing so I think it's definitely not a not a bad thing for uh, for them to be a part of our race weekend for sure so I think it's going to be really cool really exciting I know there's a couple kids um, that train out at my uh, local go-kart track that are heading up to road America um, to compete in the Oval Cup and um, you know it's kind of exciting for me I get to see the kids that are out at my local go-kart track go race and and they get to come see me race as well so uh at at a you know at a national level so it's kind of cool i think it's i think it's pretty interesting and pretty cool that they no i I think it's i think it's awesome i mean uh yeah i'm hoping i can attend one of the rounds where they have the ovales because i'd love to to photograph you know the kids kids going around i'm sure it's going to be great stuff like very, very competitive you know oh yeah yeah those bikes are are pretty beefy too they got a they got a big motor in that little chassis. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to produce some great racing. And, and uh, I think it'll be fun for the kids to get out there and battle on, on different tracks too. I mean, I've never rode the, the go-kart track at, at uh, Road America. So it's kind of cool that, you know, they get to go to different tracks and, and see different tracks too and learn different tracks. And I think when you're young, you know, a lot of people – uh, go to kind of like the same tracks and stuff. And then when you start to get in the pro series, you know, all of a sudden you got to learn all these new tracks in, in eight laps, you know, where, you know, you're coming out for practice, you got eight laps and then you're right into qualifying one. If you're not, if you're not rolling by qualifying one, I mean, you're that much further behind everyone else. So, um, you know, we can get these kids that are coming up that are going to be the future of the United States in, in road racing, um, learning tracks and, and, uh, you know, they'll be that much better come, come future. So. Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I even, I've, I've watched Josh Heron on his Ovali, you know, like on his YouTube channel and seen him high siding off that thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, not, uh, definitely not little toys they're, they're oh. little, for sure. So yeah, you can definitely get caught out. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. So what, what Tim is looking for is basically to have you paint a helmet for him. So, you know, if that's something you're interested in willing to do, I'll hook you guys up. Uh, after the show yeah maybe make it happen right now i'm kind of not in the situation where i can uh where i'm actually staying at my girlfriend's house in uh in white bear lake where i I grew up in minnesota so it's actually my hometown technically where i grew up and went to high school and stuff and um since we're doing another road america in you know three or four weeks it didn't make much sense to drive all the way to texas or all the way to florida i'm in texas the team's in florida so um kind of just went over here, going to hang out and then drive back for, uh, for the next race weekend. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I wish I could have done that, but I had to come home back to New York and do some work <laughs> so, so I can afford to go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, uh, but this is, this is the first time I think, right. That Moto America has raced the same track you know, in succession, right? Yeah, I think in succession for sure. I know that we've done New Jersey twice uh, a couple times, but they were at separate time. Right. Or like they weren't back to back. I'm not sure if they've done back to back at a different track uh, in past years. I don't think they've done it when I've been racing with Moto America. But um, but yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, I know some people have some heat about it, but I think it's it's cool for me too because a lot of my family's in Minnesota, so they couldn't come out to the the first round because obviously there wasn't any fans allowed. So you know now that there's two races. Um, my grandma and you know um, aunts and uncles can come out and and enjoy the races and actually be there in person and hopefully I can do well for them again and and uh, kind of redo what I did before hopefully so um, you know it's cool for me for sure especially Road America being my home track you know or close to where I grew up and the closest one anyways right. uh, so yeah I think it's cool and uh, you know if if some teams and riders didn't have the best road America to start the season off, they get another chance to go back there and, and uh, get another, you know, try it, make it happen. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, if I don't know if I'll be able to swing it, I'm, I'm trying to budget myself. You know, I, I, this season I had kind of decided I wanted to hit some of the tracks I haven't seen yet. Um, so, so road America was definitely one of them. I'd like to go down to road Atlanta and whatever. So we'll, we'll have to see, but it would be cool to go back there and just see the comparison between racing without fans and then the racing with fans, you know, it, it was kind of cool the, the without fans, even though it's nice to have the spectators, it was kind of cool 
like to just be able to focus on the racing and the teams and whatever. And it was just so easy to go wherever I wanted to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, but I know it was kind of weird for you guys, like some things that are different, right? Like just in, in the way that they handled the race, right? So they were doing, um, what do you call them? Hot, hot starts basically. Right. So if, so, so basically, right. So when the race was ready, you guys would just go from your truck or your setup basically onto the track, right. Do your spotting lap, grid up and then green flag and off you went right yeah yeah so it was just a a quick start or quick start procedure they call it and um yeah we didn't didn't have a tv or any of the umbrella girls or crew on the grid and all that so um you know next time we'll have all that and it'll kind of be back to normal but yeah it was definitely interesting and definitely weird like uh being on the cool down lap and um you know you're usually you wave to fans that are in the stands, uh, you know, and Hey, you know, thank you guys for coming out wave. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're just kind of waving at the cameras cause you know that there's people watching the camera. Um, but there's nobody there watching you live. So it was kind of, kind of weird, you know, but, um, but yeah, like I said, you know, they're doing road America again, coming up here in, uh, at the end of June. Um, so, uh, fans can come out. So if you're in the area, if you're in Wisconsin uh, or close and can make it on over, that would be cool to come check it out. And uh, I'll be racing the Twins Cup on the pink bike, number 51. So Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful facility. I love being there. So, yeah, I definitely encourage people, you know, even if you have seen racing there, go see the race. Yeah, check it out. So yeah, It's a fun track, and it's uh, the largest track that we race with probably the most high speed, I would think, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so it makes it exciting for the fans and have big screens set up and quite a few corners so you can watch uh, not only that corner in certain sections, but the whole race while you're sitting there. So Yeah, 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 definitely. So, uh, Caleb, before we wind it down, anything else you wanted to go over or mention to the listeners, you know, fans? I, I think we covered quite a bit. If they, yeah. have, if they have any more questions, uh, feel free to message me and, and hit me up, and I'll be, I'll be happy to answer any questions. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's been awesome. So yeah. So Tim said, yeah, he understands maybe in the off season, he'll, uh, he'll coordinate with you on that helmet. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets, he gets it. Racing comes first. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cool. So Caleb, this has been really awesome. Thanks for joining me. I've enjoyed it a ton. Um, any shout outs you want to give for any of your sponsors or. Yeah. Yeah. I got to give a huge thank you to uh, 1833 CJ knows accident injury law. They're the main sponsor this year. That's, uh, helping me get to the races without them I wouldn't even uh, be on the grid and much less you know not I wouldn't be able to win the race uh, so a uh, huge thank you to them and uh, Roaring Toys did an awesome job preparing my motorcycle this year um, they've uh, definitely uh, gave me a fast bike and uh, we're working on some stuff to um, get it handling a little bit better but they killed it honestly for for not we haven't got to do that much testing. So, uh, for how much testing and time I've literally rode that bike four times in my life. So, um, with how much testing and time we've put into it, uh, they've definitely hit the nail on the head with, with everything and, um, did a great job getting my bike ready to go. Um, uh, mass leathers, uh, mind effects science. Um, yeah, just everybody who's helping the team and, and, uh, bell helmets for keeping me safe out there. Um, everybody that's helping helping the team support the team uh, my crew guy Larry uh, he, he did an awesome job this past weekend making sure everything was ready to go and um, everybody else who helps out the team just thank you so much without without you guys uh, I wouldn't be out there wouldn't be racing so um, yeah and thank you for having me on and Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just doing what I can. I love Moto America. I love motorcycle racing, just doing what I can to help promote it. And, you know, if, if, if I can do a little something to help someone like you get more exposure, you know, so much the better. So, yeah, thank you for having me yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, happy birthday and uh, congratulations on the on the past weekend. And I don't know if I can make it to the next Moto America round, uh, you know, in, in uh, Road America, but I'll definitely be watching on TV and I'll be watching for the number 51 out there. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Good night, everybody. If you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes, just point your web browser to soyouwantarideamotorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app. If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. 
You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride, or find the links on my website, or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free, and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thumper Club, where I'll list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs where I'll include your photo and biography as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. (laughs) 